Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Parpol Brewers. Um, this is a sort of bonus thing that you may or may not want uh, in your week. Um, on Friday, I did the first ever Parpol Bro live show, um, which was, well, an experiment for me. Um, it was a uh, a live broadcast show where I did a little bit of jokes, but also was hoping that people would call in um, and I could have a chat with them and try and see if my political ideas hold up when I haven't uh, fully scripted them in jokes uh, and see if I can still make it entertaining um, and also it was a bit of a test for the website Ramble um, who are going to be doing live podcasting from their site uh, much like the one I did um, and they asked me if I would uh, do a test one for them which I gladly did um, and it didn't quite go as I planned um, it was interesting uh, No, none of you that listen uh, called in and in fact someone called in who'd sort of found it via the website um, who had called them uh, called themselves as your here uh they had given themselves a joke name uh and when i first saw it i assumed it was someone that listened to the podcast and that um hey you know you're just being silly and maybe this would be quite fun to have a chat to um but actually they weren't a podcast listener they ended up being very interesting um we discussed quite a lot of things to do with mask wearing and cancel culture um and also the state of comedy really and, and a bit about politics too um and yeah it was a very interesting chat so i just thought i'd release it because i've got it And if you'd like to listen to me speak to someone whose name I still don't really know, I still don't know who they really are. And I do hope they tune into the proper podcast at some point in the future. Um, And if you did listen to the show on Friday, I'm going to be putting out a link uh, on the next podcast, which will be out obviously on Tuesday, as per always, um, just to send any feedback to uh, the Ramble website on how you think it could work better, because it's still in its very, very early stage, as you probably noticed from the website. Um, But I'd like to do it again and hopefully some of you that actually do listen will call in and we can have a chat too um and yeah i mean enjoy this i guess if you haven't heard it uh feel free also to skip it and just listen to the new show when it comes out on tuesday uh here you go um apologies for the poor sound quality and me playing a jingle from my phone 
And I also should probably warn you that some of these jokes may end up on uh, next week's podcast too, because I don't have the brain capacity right now to uh, write things twice in one week. Um, so anyway, with that spoiler warning, here is Par Paul Bro Live, but not live as it's recorded from the other day. Hello and welcome to the Partly Political Broadcast, but live! Yeah, I had to play that off my phone because I don't know how else to do it on this system. Welcome! Uh, This is the Partly Political Broadcast, but um, live, uh, which is not to say that the normal podcast is dead, um, apart from maybe behind my eyes, or in terms of notions of hope. Um, But welcome. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you have tuned in. Uh, I might just be shouting this into the void. Absolutely no one knows or particularly cares. Um, I'm Tina Duyeb, despite all my best efforts, and believe me, I really try. And this here, this is a brand new thing. Uh, This, this is a brand new thing um, where I thought that, you know, I've spent the last few years... um, basically shouting jokes at you often too fast as people complain quite regularly and uh, you know I've been interviewing people uh, not the ones that you've recommended because they're always too busy and I just thought that maybe it would be nice to do a sort of live thing um, where you could call in and shout at me instead Um, and rather than the kind of structured overwritten often under edited noise that I put out each week um, this is just going to be a bit more of a freestyle chat you know, with some actual views, if I have any, uh, some actual hot takes, probably really lukewarm, quite tired ones. Um, but freestyle, it's going to be freestyle, a bit like a sort of a jazz freestyle where, you know, it could be beautiful and melodious joy uh, or it could be absolute shit and sound like a lot of musicians all falling down the stairs at the same time, which um, wouldn't fit with current social distancing unless they fell one at a time. And even then they'd probably take up time in the A&E, which, you know, they don't need that right now. Come on, jazz musicians. Um, Also, of course, this is a nearly valid excuse to not have to do my daughter, sorry, agent's bedtime uh, and read the really shit awful uh, Winnie the Pooh five minute stories that she keeps insisting on at the moment. One of them in particular is about Rue needing a babysitter, which turns out to be Pooh. And Rue gets a babysitter, even in these times. It grates so much knowing that we can't get proper childcare right now. And fucking Rue from Winnie the Pooh has got childcare right there. Oh, yeah, there will be swears. This, I mean, this is interesting, this live podcast thing. It's like, it's you know, I, I think it might catch on, this sort of talking into a mic live and people listening to it. Um, I don't know, maybe BBC or sort of thing about having their own channel or two with it. Um, it could be very interesting. Um, but it is a trial. Uh, it's a trial for me. Uh, this is also a trial for the platform that I'm doing this on, Ramble. Um, as you may have noticed, if you've tuned in, the web link for this show is a beta dot then the website. Um I don't know what that means. I think that's a slur in sort of uh, alpha American uh, terms, isn't it? No, it just means that the site is still being tested out um, and seeing how it all works, which is why if any of you tried to tune into my attempt number one of doing the show the other week, it didn't work. And that was my fault because I put an image on it and the image wasn't right. And then the whole thing broke. And that is the story of my life. Um, But anyway, if you have any thoughts uh, after the show about the site as well, send them over to me and I'll pass them on. And hopefully this can become a kind of more regular thing with an even fancier site that does all of the clever stuff so um this show could be 10 minutes long or it could be an hour and uh, it sort of depends on you uh, and if you fancy calling in um if you're looking at the the ramble page uh you can uh do a little call on there there's a uh, I 
I haven't, I don't know how to do it because I'm on the other end, but I believe you just sort of press a thing and you call in and you have to sign in your details. I don't know what they do with the data. They might send it to Nazis, but I don't think, I, they probably won't. I'm pretty sure they're nice people. They probably won't. Um, I don't think Mark Zuckerberg will get it. Um, but look, you, you do that and then uh, you give me a call and I can choose to speak to you or not. I can kick you off. So mum, dad, just don't bother calling in. I'm not going to let you chat to me. Um, but I would love, I'd love you to give me a call, really. Uh, if you've got anything uh, politics wise to chat about any of current issues you want to talk to me about anything that i don't know about that you can explain to me any of how your life is right now in this particularly weird and bizarre situation um particularly if you've got anything positive um any ways uh, that you feel we can do anything useful in these times of endless endless shit where it's clear the government wouldn't even piss on most people if they were on fire because they can't possibly piss on everyone can they uh, meanwhile of course if special advisor and son of salad fingers dominic cummings had set himself on fire while visiting a castle just to see how fireproof he was they'd fight to be the first to coat him in urine while declaring that he was only a flame because he's a responsible parent um anyway yeah so anything positive uh, is good um at the moment just any anything at all even a biscuit you had that was decent something um also i'd like to ask uh, i i thought it might be fun right I, I don't know if you saw the news but um the fluke worm man from the x-files episode the host aka chris grayling uh, has just been promoted to chair of the intelligence committee Despite being the absolute albatross of the political world, the complete opposite of King Midas uh, in everything that he touches, I just wondered if there's anything that he would be good at. I mean, the fact that he's been made chair of the Intelligence Committee, despite lacking either of those two words uh, within anything he does, um, I wondered if you could think of absolutely anything that he might be suitable for, bearing in mind that this is the man that spent millions and millions of pounds hiring a ferry firm that didn't have any fairies um i honestly think if he was hired to stare at a blank wall it would somehow fall over or be stolen right in front of him and then he'd end up paying like eight billion pounds of taxpayers money to someone who won say a wall's ice cream to build a new one um but he's got a new job liam the twice disgraced liam the disgraced fox uh is probably going to be the uk's representative to the world trade organization and um, organization that he didn't even know what the abbreviation stood for i think he called it world trades organizations the one thing you're meant to be able to deal with you idiot um I, I, it's like he's appalling and g4s have just got some big contract to run one of the super prisons despite years and years of them not running anything properly and not even turning up for the olympics uh, which is particularly i mean i say particularly shit i think them not running prisons uh is probably worse on a scale of harm to people uh but i i know about that less uh, i just remember them not turning up to the olympics and the army having to come and do it which is it's not it's not a warm welcome is it to the world but all i'm saying is i'm starting to think like what am i doing wrong because i fail at loads of stuff i fail at stuff all the time and i haven't got a job in the government I don't have a top ranking job. I must be able to. I I, I managed to. Uh, yeah, I managed to drop a, a peanut butter sandwich on the floor earlier. Where's my job on like the the Department of Culture, Media and Sport Committee? I should be given something. How do I fail successfully? Or is the problem that I never had any money to begin with, um, and what I needed to be doing was wasting billions of pounds of other people's money? Is that what it is? I don't know. Any tips? Uh, ring in. Uh, any tips on a job for Chris Grayling? Please ring in. Any nice positive chat? Please ring in. Um, also, uh, as the Conservative conference is going virtual for this year, 
even though obviously it's uh, safe enough for you to go to the pub because you're not as valuable as them. Um, it's going virtual because they don't think it's safe. But I suppose, let's face it, chances are higher in the Conservative conference that overconfident flotsam Boris Johnson will shake absolutely everyone's hand there on purpose and manually pass around COVID all by himself. Um, so they had to go virtual for their own safety, I guess. Um, but what virtual Tory events do you think could happen instead? Have you got any ideas? Uh, let me know. Um, I honestly don't care what they do, to be honest. I hope they just forget to unmute everyone on Zoom. Uh, judging by how Matt Hancock's app worked at the last conference, which gave away everyone's security details. Entirely possible. Entirely possible. So, um, look, if you fancy calling in with something uh, hopeful, please do, or one of those other two things. But, I mean, really, call in about anything you like um you know politics wise podcast wise comedy wise i'd just like to have a chat uh you know partly because i haven't planned enough for this show to last very long um if you don't um also i'm just going to relish speaking to someone who's over two years old right now um because that's my day i sort of see my wife as i uh, tag out and she either does work or childcare, and i do the other way around and um most of my day today, for example, was spent watching my daughter dip her fingers in the uh, mild mustard she wanted with her veggie sausage roll she was having for lunch. And then each and every finger had a different amount of mustard on it and therefore was a different member of the mustard family. So um, there was a, hello, I'm baby mustard. Hello, I'm mummy mustard. Hello, I'm daddy mustard. Hello, I'm granny mustard. And then they all had to talk to each other. And it went on for most of my life. I think most of my life. She didn't eat a single bit of the sausage roll. Uh, didn't eat lunch whatsoever. Just talked to mustard, covered herself in mustard, covered everything in mustard. Uh, yeah. And I took it to the playground as well today because the playground reopened in our area, which I, I don't know. In my head, I sort of thought it's probably safe, isn't it? Because it's outdoors. And I got there and it was like a scene from Apocalypse Now. Kids were just running amok. It was like they were all on some sort of uh, amphetamine. They're going absolutely crazy, all these children that hadn't seen Playground for sort of, uh, you know, three, three, four months. They hadn't really seen other children either. And so they were just tearing around like proper just bonkers children and um of course as adults we're trying to social distance in the midst of it all knowing full well our children are carrying everything because they're basically free public transport for germs that is all kids do um I mean, I, I think I mentioned it on the podcast at the time, but, um, you know, it was only a few months uh, ago before lockdown that my daughter went to softly and came back with hand, foot and mouth, which I don't even know what that is. But I think if it gets worse, uh, it becomes head, shoulders, knees and toes. Um, and then she got it and my wife got it and I didn't get it because once again, I failed to go viral. Um, but yeah, so anyway, all these kids, uh, they're just running around and, uh, you know, there was a lovely moment when my daughter just decided to hold uh, an older girl's hand to cross uh, a wobbly bridge and the older girl very consciously pulled her sleeve down so she didn't have to touch my daughter's hand, which is wise even outside of pandemic times. Um, and all us adults were like, we mustn't be anywhere near each other. And then our child would like charge into another child we'd have to go and get them and then suddenly be standing next to them again oh no this is all gone wrong i don't know how to do this anymore um it was terrible so i've probably probably got the covid but then i i feel like i probably had it right at the beginning of this um i don't know did you feel like that i felt like that every five minutes uh of the early parts of the pandemic i sort of did one cough and i'd go oh no i've definitely got all of it I'm done for, and then I'd realize it's hadn't drunk any water or just woken up or something, or like a fly flown in my mouth, something rubbish. Um, 
I was constantly uh, concerned. But there you go. Um, anyway, so yes, uh, please call in. <laughs> talk to me. Someone talk to me. Um, and I mean, there's loads, loads to talk about today, isn't there? I, tons has happened even since the, the, you know, the podcast comes out on a Tuesday morning. I write it on the Monday. And then usually within about five minutes uh, of me, uh, not even releasing it, usually within five minutes of me pressing the submit button onto the uh, ACAST podcast website. Uh, it's normally out of date. Um, but there's loads. Even today, you know, we've, uh, the UK has opted out of the eu vaccine program um we don't want to join in with them all sharing a vaccine with everyone uh, and apparently it's because um it's because the uk is further ahead than them uh it didn't really say in what i'm assuming just deaths uh probably um just economic crises maybe I mean, it's just sort of sad, isn't it? That Why can't we all just share the vaccine? I'm massively naive. I know. What an idiot that just assumes that as human beings, we should go, hey, we're going to make a vaccine and, and then why don't we just give it to everyone because that would be lovely. Um, apparently, it's not how it works. Uh, not how it works because human beings are awful. What they do is they make a vaccine and they just sell it to people and then uh, people that can't buy it or countries that can't buy it don't get it and then they die. Isn't it horrific? Uh, please call in with something positive. Please call in. Um, so, yeah, that's that's uh, bits of the news for tonight. And then, obviously, um, obviously, uh, the big thing this week, um, and I should warn you, if you're listening to this and you do listen to the podcast, um, I should warn you that some of these jokes may appear on Monday because I do not have the brain capacity to write these things twice. Um, but uh, one of the big things that happened this week uh, was, of course, Rishi Sunak, who, I, do you know what? In fact, I'm going to do at the end of this, whatever happens, I'm going to read out all my descriptions of Rishi so far, but it's really hard to describe him when he's only ever um, a variety of... Um, you know, of cartoon mice, uh, you know, like the one from the rescuers, um, or on this week's pod, uh, I called him pinky without the brain. Um, or there's both main characters, but from Ratatouille all at once. Oh, we've got a call. I'm going to speak to you in just a minute. Um, I've got a mental inability to see past, uh, see past the fact he looks like a giant mouse. Anyway, um, we had his mini budget summer statement economic update and uh, basically fuck you if you have a small business or you're self-employed or you've already made someone redundant, but it's okay because he's stolen a load of policies from timeout offers. Um, honestly, eat out to help out is a terrible slogan, isn't it? Not least because he should have gone with give head as there's over 50,000 dead. Um, but I'm still not sure how getting £10 off some fast food is going to leave me feeling like I've uh, not eaten anything an hour later is really going to help me in any way. Um, not least, Boris Johnson is also pushing scrapping junk food deals at the same time i mean you've literally just given everyone a junk food deal isn't homemade junk food better anyway wasn't boris all about oven ready deals compared to someone else making our food and sending it to us it's all so very confusing um anyway there is a caller on the line hi um and i'm thoroughly impressed with um the <laughs> let's let's just speak to this person who's given themselves a name i see wiener let's listen hello oh hello Hello. Uh, I can't seem to accept their call. That's good. Um, as I said, this is a new thing. Um, I'm guessing unless they just sent me a message uh, and you're not actually calling in, it hasn't actually told me to accept your call. Um, you're very new to this thing. It's an experiment. Um, I see Wiener. Hey, I see Wit. Ah, I see what you did there. I'm going to get you. Um, I see Wiener uh, has asked, what do you think about these masks we're supposed to wear and the ugly community refusing to wear them? Uh, ugly pride or something. What do you think? Um, isn't it amazing that... Uh, it's amazing that people are so upset about wearing a mask. I mean, 
isn't that you know we're, we're in a, a, an era of superhero films uh constantly being on um i mean i I've always said I'm really excited about the idea of going to the bank wearing a mask. That's kind of what I've always wanted to do. It's properly exciting. Um, I just think it's such a bizarre thing to be upset about. There's so many. It's Oh, here we go. Uh, hello? Hello? Oh, I've clicked accept call. And hello. Hello. Can you hear me? I can hear you indeed. This is very exciting. There's a caller. Um, wow. Wonderful. 2020. Amazing. Look at the stuff we can do with technology. It's properly brilliant, isn't it? It's it's really, it, like you can, it's, I mean, who would have thought you could do a phone call, but over the internet? I know, right? And it doesn't even matter what, what my skin color is or my surname or anything. It's amazing, isn't it? It doesn't matter, but I, I like that. I, I've just realized before we continue talking, I can hear myself in your computer. So would you mind just muting? One of the things. Ah, let me see. I've only been talking for a couple of minutes and you don't want me to stay quiet. Isn't that great? Shane? <laughs> there we go. Is that better? Lovely. Yeah, better for me at least. Uh... There we go. Perfect. Well, well, welcome. Um, I see. Can I, is there a proper name I should call you by or are we all right to stick with Icy Wiener? Uh, you can call me Icy for short. My That's one great. friend calls me that, yeah. <laughs> that's good i like that i like that it was it i see i was wondering if it is like icy as in very cold wiener or is it just icy as in you can see wiener a uh, bit of both actually i mean um unfortunately i was young enough uh, to get the snip when i was a baby so it's a bit chilly you know without the hood so. <laughs> that's fair that's fair and uh, i wasn't expecting this conversation to go there good so um well uh i see i i loved your question are you how are you feeling about masks are you have you got a mask yeah, I, I I I really like the idea of a mask personally. I mean, um, when I went to China, uh, everyone was wearing the mask there, and I was thinking, why why do everyone wear these goddamn masks? And then five years later, I know the answer why. It's not because they're ugly or anything. It's because there's a goddamn virus going around, and you should be wearing one. Um, yeah. What concerns me though is like I was in Tesco today um, buying ice cream. You know, all all with the Good necessities, work. right? Yeah, yeah essentially. no one's wearing their mask. No one's wearing the mask. Even NHS workers, no one, not one person. I saw someone yeah. like stacking shelves without masks, without gloves. And he was like coughing as, as well every now and then. It's absolutely insane. It's completely bonkers, isn't it? I, and I had to say, I, I went to Japan a few years ago. And I went to Hong Kong last year for some shows, which was amazing. And everyone was wearing masks all the time. And they did ever since SARS and swine flu and bird flu. Every Everyone, they've just gone, I don't want to give this to anyone else. And I don't want to catch it. It just seems, do you know, what? it's just human courtesy, isn't it? It's really nice to go, actually, I don't think I should give this to anyone. I'll just cough in my own face. And um, yeah, and yeah. Here we're like, if I go down, I'm taking you all with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think it's more like narcissism, maybe. They, they're, they're thinking, you know, well, the virus has gone through me. So, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of like a blessing if it comes to you at this point. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's the only place I went today. Mm. Yeah, no, go on, mate. Oh, no, so I was just going to say, I did wonder if it's because what I can figure out is if, if it's arrogance in that they sort of think well i'm invincible i won't get it or if it is the absolute like you said well i've had it you can bloody well have it as well mm -mm. well uh, i don't know it's it's kind of hard to say at at this point i, I think that the the problem is people have gotten bored of the virus i, I think because the the danger of getting the virus at this stage like i i don't have the virus but 
if I did get the virus today, it would be equally as bad for my immune system as if I got it when it first came out. But the fear level has just dropped completely. So the threat is still the same, but I don't think anyone cares anymore. That's that's the main problem, I think. Um, I've, I've seen people in Cornwall and stuff, they've all uh, started going to the beaches and, and, and all that jazz. Um, I, I think that people are just bored of the virus, to be honest. I mean, can you get bored of something that's going to kill everyone? If there was a zombie apocalypse, do you think that it would be like The Walking Dead or, or do you think we just get bored of it? <laughs> do you know, I did wonder that. I do sort of now really think that most zombie films should have people giving up after we're going, oh, I don't care anymore. Eat my brains. <laughs> I'm bored of being inside. I've watched too much Netflix. Just come for me. Like it does... I, it does sort of really, I, you know, my whole views of how a pandemic or a crisis might happen before this were based on like seeing outbreak or something like that. And now I think mm -hmm. it would be a lot of people being bored at home, ordering crap on Amazon, sitting in their pants, <laughs> and then, you know, <laughs> then going outside and coughing on people. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it kind of makes sense now because I, I, I used to watch these zombie films and get really scared like 28 days later and stuff. But then I also realized that if there's a zombie apocalypse, all the zombies are going to be equally as dumb as you probably, because, you know, they're just people walking around. It's going to be your, your average politician and whatnot walking around with a half rotten brain. Well, 75 percent rotten for them. But <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm starting to think it's going to be more like Shaun of the Dead. You know, you just walk outside, get your milk, come back inside. The zombies chasing you, but no one really cares. You know, you order your Uber Eats. It's all. Yeah, it's all fine, I guess. Yeah. Well, it, it's also that, just that worrying thing that I think, um, uh, and this is quite bleak, really, uh, as, as I say out loud, but it's, it's that thing of I see people online, uh, people on Twitter that regularly go, oh, well, you know, they say that 80% of the population will get it and not have any symptoms. And you're like, you're willing 20% of people to die. That is absolutely <laughs> what you're saying. You're 100% saying, I don't care about 20% of people. And I find that. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I'll be honest, I don't like people most of the time. There's a lot of people I don't yeah. like. If I drive anywhere, I hate everyone else on the road. I hate everyone on public transport. I get, I, you know, I generally <laughs> go out of my way to avoid people. I don't want them all. I don't want 20% of them to die. I've seen the leftovers. I don't want that to happen. It's right. So, like, I, I, I agree that it's completely unnecessary and, and, and it's actually quite an insensitive and dumb comment to make because personally, I'm quite the misanthropist. I want 80% of them to die because I want more room <laughs> for me to park my fucking car in London. <laughs> yeah. Have, yeah. You these times, have, have you gone to park somewhere in London and it, it, it says, oh, for disabled people or for people who own a house in that area. If you're rich enough to own a house in central London, you, you're also rich enough to you know, fucking afford parking for it as well. Give me a chance. I, I have an interview, you know. Yeah, yeah, and uh, they probably got chauffeurs as well. That's that's the other thing that was really sticks. You, it won't even be them that's trying to park in the tiny space. It'll be their butler. Mm -hmm. It'll be horrific, absolutely horrific. It's yeah, I I, I feel very much that you know that I, uh, I I regularly like it when places are empty. And I think the one thing that I'm taking away from this pandemic really is that I love it when barely anyone's in the supermarket, and I love it when there's no one in the park, and I I really like it when there's no one around, which is terrible, really. <laughs> So how are you? Are you coping all right? Have you been doing okay? Well, to be honest, there's not much difference with 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 COVID nineteen and my normal life. Like I don't go out and see anyone. I'm living with my parents, and pizza comes through the mailbox. So <laughs> things are pretty much pretty much the same. But I'm very happy to to know deep down in my heart when I go to bed at night and put on a podcast to sleep to that everyone else is equally as insular and and lonely as I am in the middle of the night because they're all locked in their house. So. That kind of makes my 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 day feel a bit better, I guess. I don't know about you. I mean, how, how's it on your end? 
Uh, yeah, I think uh, I, I fully understand it. You know, my, my life is a, a, a comedy wise is, is quite terrifying now because I don't know if we'll ever have a, a comedy circuit ever again. Um, but generally, most of the rest of my life when I'm not traveling to gigs is spent at home writing and uh, just sitting in my pants. So um, if it wasn't for the fact that my daughter turned two pretty much as lockdown began, um, I think mm. I'd have been absolutely fine because uh, she timed that so horrendously well uh, that the tantrums <laughs> kicked in pretty much on the first day we, we were told we couldn't go outside. <laughs> and so, yeah, uh, I, mean, I think it, without it that, I'd have been, been dandy. Yeah, I mean, I mean it, it must have been hard trying to find a clown for the birthday party, but I mean, you've got yourself, right? You know, you're a funny guy, it, aren't you? It. I'm, I'm not. Uh, yeah, but not never to your own children. That's how the rules of comedy work. The rules of comedy right. are that you're never funny to your own children. You are often the worst person they've ever met and uh, mm-hmm. and, and the person they're least excited to see. So uh, she's been trapped indoors with me for some months. It's uh, it's rather lovely. Um, but I'm glad you're doing right. Thank you. I- uh, yeah, poor, very much poor little girl. <laughs> um, but I, I really appreciate you calling in. You're you're the the first caller to this live podcast. Very exciting. I don't. We haven't got anyone else on the oh, line. Sweet. So um, yeah. Either I, you know, uh, have you got any other points of view you'd like to let us know? About? <laughs> well, we've uh, we've got to do a little analysis here. What's what exactly is off topic? Um, well, actually, what's on topic is is is. It's, it's probably a, a shorter answer if you tell me what are the things that we can talk about. Because, well, you know, we've got freedom of speech and stuff, but my IP address is probably stored on this thing and the police can, are going to give me a knock on the door any minute now, you know? Yeah, <laughs> right, I mean... You've to say that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I, you see, that's interesting. I, I still don't... I, I find the, the, the comedy, you know, for, there was quite a while where we were told uh, lots of people like to say that, that freedom of speech is banned in comedy and it's it's because of the woke something, something. And um, I, it mm-hmm. never has been. People could have always been able to say what they like on stage and people have always not liked it or liked it. And uh, what you would do is you would either want your audience to like you and so you change it to fit them or you would um not you know uh, or or you just say it and lose them and keep the people on board that you didn't it never disappeared but people like to make a big deal of it so um for example i remember uh, yeah. uh, not that long ago a comedian who should remain nameless said ah oh, the community is trying to cancel me and it's like you're self-employed we can't cancel you you can you just keep <laughs> working like it's, you can't there's no boss like no one's gonna fire you, you just you're, <laughs> you're just your own mm-hmm. your own boss it's very hard to, to cancel somebody who does their own work um but uh yeah i so i'm i'm always uh, opposed to you know and i think people should be able to be called out on whatever their views are i think uh, part of my concern with our current government is that they don't want to be criticized about anything and i don't mm-hmm. trust anyone that can't take and trump as well if you can't take criticism i don't trust anything that you do frankly mm-hmm. yeah no no i i i completely agree i mean um uh, i think one of the interesting things about freedom of speech and stuff is well they say you got the freedom to say what you want but there's also repercussions afterwards so as long hmm. as you say it in, in a comedy club and while you're doing the stand-up, that's fine. But I think that the, the problem is nowadays, many of these comedians and stuff, they're kind of blurring the line between what's their comedy or their trade and what's their personality. So in terms of like hmm. Twitter and stuff, when do you turn off the comedian button or, or are you always kind of forced to be a comedian, even through social media, even through your personal life and stuff? Because now with a lot of um, technology and stuff, the, the the barrier between your personal life and your professional life is kind of diminishing slowly. So do you kind of like feel that you always have to be funny always on social media constantly? I mean, I've got personal, everyone has their own personal preference. So, uh, and, and like you say, I think the line is blurred across for like, you know, politicians, for everyone really. It's it's quite mad that we yeah, don't yeah. have 
have to we we don't know who we are anymore but I, like, I have a personal thing where i have to tweet so many jokes before i'll retweet someone else's thing or i'll or i'll put anything serious i but i'm aware that i'm a that i i'm not i was gonna say a public person how up my own ass did that sound no i'm like maybe below <laughs> z z on the list but you know I, I i i've got a public figure i've got a website that can easily be found and this sounds um you know, I know a lot of comedians that have been threatened. Uh, I had a very good friend of mine that was stalked at every gig he went to for quite a while, and the police had to get involved. It was quite Ooh. scary. Um, I had a guy climb on stage once and try to punch me in the face because he heckled me, and I dealt with it, and everyone laughed at him, and he couldn't take it. And then um, he threatened. He lived up in Edinburgh, and every time I did a show up there, I got lots of hate emails, and they threatened to come along with all his mates to beat me up, and I had to get security. It was, it was proper terrifying. But you realise how exposed you are. So if you have... Mm -hmm. um, if you put yourself completely out there without any sort of comedy or any barriers, people can find you. And uh, I'm always just a little bit wary of doing that. So I, I'm very, uh, you know, on my podcast, I'm all personal views, but on Twitter, I'm a little bit more solid. I only put things that I can make a joke out of, I think. Um, apart from mm -hmm. the other day, I think the other day I put a panic. Oh, I've got no career anymore. What do I do? But apart from that, <laughs> <laughs> apart from that, yeah. It's actually quite funny because in, in terms of what's funny and what's not funny, I, I've come to realize in my few years of being alive on this rotating rock that I, I think like anything can be called funny, even if it's like offensive or detrimental to someone, because sometimes someone will say a joke that's like totally not in my benefit. And I'll find that the funniest out of all of them. Mm. Uh, to be honest with you, whether it's like ethnicity or uh, anything, it, it's 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 all fun and games and stuff. So so long as you're not kind of pushing too far into a personal territory. But oh wait, I am on I am on a podcast. <laughs> uh, Amazing. Yeah, actually, who, who am I on a pod podcast with? You, you know, like I, I saw a ramble and everything, but. Uh, I didn't actually catch your name, mate. Oh, I see. So you're not you're not a listener to the usual podcast. You have uh, tuned in as a ramble listener. That's fascinating. Um, amazing. Well, yeah, my name's yeah. Tiernan. Hello. I'll do I'll do an intro. Tiernan. My name's Tiernan, and I uh, and I host the Partly Political Broadcast, which is a weekly, basically me swearing a lot about politics with with a lot of jokes, and then I tend to talk to uh, very clever people like yourself who explain political issues to me. So um, this week oh. is a barrister who tells me all about the fact that courts can't do trials because they're not allowed close to people and juries can't be sitting next to each other and it's causing a massive backlog and everyone's very worried um and next week is someone who explains why the budget was shit so <laughs> so i've got it's things like that basically um but i'm primarily a comedian who i i i talk about politics because my own midlife uh middle-aged life is is boring and i'm more mm -hmm. concerned about the state of the country uh than any I, i've done all the observation bit of my comedy i've run out of things and now i'm going everything's <laughs> fucked and i hate it and i don't like that everyone's having a shit time how do i talk about that <laughs> we don't it, it sounds like we've got quite a similar mindset to be honest but like uh, i think that the big difference is i realized that that everything was fucked up way before coronavirus so it took you a real <laughs> yeah. kick, kick up the nuts to wake you up. Hey, <laughs> well, this has been my podcast has been going for four years, but this is the first live one. Uh, and I've been doing political oh, comedy nice. for about 10 years. Um, so, yeah, but this is just the first live podcast. So you are the first guest on the first live podcast. Um, I, I'm really proud to have I.C. Wiener on my first debut live show. It's very <laughs> exciting. Um, yeah, well, I was just going to say that the interesting thing that, that you, you said about the comedy is that, like, I... Um, I do jokes that I about things that I believe in. So I can't do jokes about stuff that I don't 
believe uh, and that's just like again like a personal thing but if yeah yeah the fuck human rights i mean wh what next animal <laughs> rights special rights for children where's it gonna go it's ridiculous um and, um but but there are i've i've i toured with a comic who is horrendous some years ago and uh he had a couple of jokes that were just off, like really against all my values that would make me howl with laughter every single night that he told them. Um, and, uh, you know, I respect the trade. I respect the art of it. I, I think the, the interesting thing is that audiences are changing. And I did a, um, I've got to be careful not to mention names, but I did a gig. I mentioned I was, I was out in Hong Kong last year and I was out there with a few acts and there were three of us sort of newer-ish acts and one really old veteran act. And the audience were quite young and all of us sort of newer acts did the kind of politics. We're quite left wing. We're quite sort of... Uh, so you know socialist i suppose but also just did there was a, a female act there was a sort of silly kind of animated act. there was myself and we just did the comedy we like and it smashed it we're like we had a, this is a very boasting but it properly went down brilliantly we were very chuffed and the veteran act went on and did the set he did about 20 years ago which was um all about how making women orgasm is incredibly difficult why bother and the audience just went <laughs> we don't care this is weird this is old like we've heard mm -hmm. <laughs> like this is and it, he just didn't do very well and it was it was fascinating to see that a lot of people i think when they say oh you can't say anything it's like i just think audiences don't like can't bother any like, they've heard it we've had years of certain opinions actually and people are now changing mm -hmm. how they are and they and and if you're not keeping up with how society is then you know it's your problem if you don't want to change with it it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze relax and think about work you really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I actually agree because it's kind of like read the room, but it's also like read the times as well. Um, mm. I've, I've noticed that so many comedians, it might be like a cliche thing or, or something, but I've noticed like I, I sometimes watch stand up in my free time and stuff. Um, that's that's actually how I found uh, found out about Ramble and stuff through uh, Twitter. Um, I, I Someone told me about Ramble tweeting uh, and there's this comedian. I said, oh, OK, you know, so, something interesting. Something new. Nice. But whenever I watch like um, uh, comedians, uh, you know, 
do their gig or whatever, they always start off saying like, oh, you know, I love Ohio because they're in Ohio. It's, it's kind of yeah. like a mill merge thing where they're like, I love and then enter this town's name. And then they'll say something good about it and then say something really bad about it. And then everyone gets this weird like cathartic <laughs> laugh. But in, in, in so many ways, though, it kind of seems ingenuine. It's, it's kind of like pandering some, sometimes to those specific people. So it's kind of like just niching the, um, uh, uh, what would you say, like, making kind of like a, a, a performance just just for them. So yeah. as a comedian, especially, especially for something online as well, since it's live, it, 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 it's actually quite interesting because it, if it's live online and digital, you could be speaking to anyone around the whole planet. So how would you do that? Hi, guys, I'm, you know, I love Cleveland, blah, blah, blah thing. <laughs> thing. Hi, guys, I love planet Earth. And you're going to get some bastard in the ISS fucking... <laughs> Good. Hey, what about us? Yeah, you're you're yeah, right. You, you, you can never. Yeah, you've got to realize that you can never please everybody. I love just how you diluted the absolute hackiness of the beginning of so many stand-up sets, and I, I think that's beautiful. Um, I, I've done it myself so many times because you immediately you like the thing is is the only reason we do this job is because we've got problems and we need instant gratification, right? That's the main reason comedians do it. We discuss it in a very. Uh, uh, you know, we discuss it like we've all got a problem, dialogue. basically. Yeah. yeah. And um, we, all, we all got a, a weird need. Like, you, most people don't want to stand up in front of a room of strangers and make them laugh. It's a weird thing to do. Most people have, you know, like have a nice Friday night at home having something to eat or whatever. We go into a bear pit of a room and go, hey, find me funny. It's fucking strange. Um, but yeah, with the internet, I think that's the big issue is there's lots of things that get taken out of context because the people that weren't in the room at the time now see them. Um, you know, you see yeah, people totally. that would take the beginning of a joke without the full context of it or the end of it without the full context of it. And so it's constantly blown out of proportion. And I mean, the thing that really winds me up is that a lot of the newspapers... Um, you know, will kind of go, this comedian said this and it's disgusting. And then that same newspaper will go, this person's oppressing freedom of speech and the woke universities are cancelling culture. And you're like, which way do you want it? Like, do you want, <laughs> do you want comedians to yeah, say no, the awful yeah. things or do you want everyone to be like, <laughs> you got to choose? No, I, I actually uh, agree because um, in, in terms of uh, comedians, I think one of my favorite ones, uh, I really like Dave Chappelle and I like, um, his name i keep forgetting he, he made this joke about like coca-cola and keeping your legs open for an advert it's uh, bill something bill 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 hicks there we go yes he, yeah yeah i don't know if you know yeah so he he's he's quite a classic but funny enough like i don't see many comedians work the same way that 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 he does because you you mentioned like eating something uh you know just like go go home eat, eat a burger eat with friends for fun and stuff bill used to smoke um during his um uh uh, yeah. shows and stuff and he used to do all kinds of weird stuff like 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 dance on the stage or s sit down on the floor and stuff and I, I don't really see many comedians doing that and also he didn't mind making anyone offended um now of course it's it's, it's all way 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 before social media now um yeah again as, well there's also there's said, also other things yeah. uh sorry to interrupt you there sorry that's uh, very no, what were you gonna say well i was yeah, just no, gonna say that there's also yeah. i'm sorry <laughs> i did it again go on, then you go for it First time lucky, huh? <laughs> no, go on, mate, go 
I, I was just going to say that the, the things with with you, there are comedians that do that, but you don't get to see them on TV very often. That is the the honest answer. Um, and there are other platforms that you might get to see them on. Uh, I'll plug Next Up Comedy, which is really good. Um, if you watch someone like Jordan Brooks on Next Up Comedy, he's completely uh, batshit out of the box. Will do many things mm-hmm. that you don't see other acts on live that Apollo do. Um, but the other thing is that Bill Hicks also was. Uh, very well known and and the bigger you are and the bigger the platform you are the less it will damage you to be controversial and I think nowadays um, and this is now going to be very interesting when comedy ever returns after the pandemic if it's still the same but a lot of people um, not particularly myself included I'm now too old and bitter to give a shit but most people want a career on telly and they want the things that will get them on the most platforms and they want a set that will get them on primetime TV and so they cater for that and so you don't the sad thing is, is television, particularly also for, for quite some years, wouldn't allow acts on Live at the Apollo if they were too weird or too surreal or too controversial. Um, there's a brilliant act called Mike Wilmot who does filth in the most poetic way you can do filth. Like it's, I would highly recommend his Canadian comic is incredible. And um, he had to find a set from 20 years before that he went through every set that he'd done for 20 years and it was only one from 20 years ago that Live at the Apollo would let him do because everything else oh, was really? too controversial for it so so you, you're you know everyone's getting a very skewed view of what comedy and I should say there are brilliant comics on Live at the Apollo so I don't want to dismiss them but you, you know that's why the things like Bill Hicks you know, Dave Chappelle can do what he likes now. Dave Chappelle can absolutely do what he likes because he's Dave Chappelle and he can perform yeah, yeah, wherever course, he wants. Yeah. And, you know, and, um, and there's different things on, uh, there's, there's different risks, um, different levels of risk for, for younger and different acts, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've, I've come to realize as well that some of it is around identity politics and stuff. I, I, I know that being a comedian and stuff, you have to be quite, well, I, I wouldn't say you, you need to be left wing, but your audience and most of social media who are going to scrutinize you usually are left leaning. So do you think that there's some sort of correlation between like the the idea of, of being like a minority and being able to make minority jokes? Because I assume that you're like a what straight white male, whatever. Yeah. Your name's Tiernan, so I'm guessing you're what, <laughs> South African or... No, no, no. I just have hippie parents. Uh, yeah, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm a London boy, but a French granddad, hippie parents. So that's the combination of my name. Um, so no, I'm, I'm a straight white London male. Yeah, but, but the, well, the thing also that that you, you know, you have to realise that, that people say comedy is very left wing, but comedians or. The, Art, I mean, I'm, I'm calling us artists now, and there's a big debate on whether that's true. But, you know, art in general should always, is always meant to provide an opposing view, and you're always meant to criticise the norm. And uh, mm-hmm. and the norm is, especially in, in the UK now, we've had right-wing or centre-right governments for a very long time. Um, and so you can't provide an alternative view to that unless you provide alternative you know you provide the, the different politics so and, and by its nature you know if you look at lots of art movements throughout history they've always been ch- giving the audience the difference to to what there is um i'm putting that quite badly but so for a lot of comedians to be outside the box we are going to criticize the people in charge and like the government gets a lot of stickers they're the government and if someone else yeah, is in yeah. government they probably get a lot of stick and when when labor were in charge whatever your views on that labor government i've got far too many um not, not particularly favorite <laughs> ones but you know they but they they, they they there were loads of people did jokes about them and lots of people joked about them and that's what i'm saying is that there's a weird sensitivity to it now of people are so tribal that they can't joke about their own 
parties anymore or their own leaders because if you joke about them that means you're anti everything they do or you're anti their existence or you're, you're pro brexit or you hate brexit and it and it can't just be no i'm taking the piss out of you because you're a fucking idiot and you said a stupid yeah. thing you know and um it's what really upsets me that everything has to be loaded and i think twitter is and, and social media is particularly bad for that because there's less space to say things and in comedy at well, least like i found on on um oh sorry uh, what were you gonna say you know i was uh Keep that wonderful thought in your head. Uh, so um, the 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 thing that I realized is that in terms of social media and stuff, everyone likes to do this kind of like straw man argument. So if you say something, they'll kind of group you into one category. So to anyone right wing, if you say something slightly left wing, they'll say, oh, you must be a communist. Or, you know, if you say something right wing, you get pointed the bigot or Nazi thing. So it's quite tri tribalistic in the fact that there's only two points in this binary. It's either your left or your right. You can't really be on the left but have a right-wing opinion on something you, you you either have to take all of it or mm. none of it basically it's kind of like a weird extremism and you kind of get this echo um i don't know the the right word yeah yeah it's like an echo chamber basically uh, mm. social media in 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 many ways i realize in terms of twitter and reddit and stuff i'm not sure if you use reddit or not but people kind of get into their little nest of uh like familiarity so everyone on twitter and everyone on facebook and everyone on on reddit they only hear and see what they like to hear and see and they'll talk to other people who hear and see that same thing and like that same thing so you kind of get this um feedback loop of people just kind of confirming each other's um, points of view and then when you get yeah. someone who says something controversial and it's not even something controversial really it's, it's, it's just like a valid opinion to you it seems con controversial because you've been kind of like brainwashed or like uh, trained into thinking that that's the evil thing or that's the evil opinion. And then everyone just kind of tears down the argument together in this kind of like hive mind collective. Um, I, I've, I've seen it in terms of uh, comedians making jokes that they, uh, you've got like this cancel culture now, right? Where this this one guy made one bad joke in 1998, let's, let's, let's kind of like end his <laughs> career kind of thing. Um, has, has any of that come, come back to you to like bite you in the ass or something? I, I've had I've had several jokes. Uh, there, there are a couple of jokes that I've had to delete because uh, I got. Do, do you know what it is? It was less. It was less that the. Um, I think it was more that with Twitter, it's very hard to read the intention. If you read something in a tone of voice, then it isn't the right tone yeah. of voice. That's how yeah. you read it. And I put certain yeah. jokes that were meant to be sarcastic, well. and yeah, yeah, they were not. They they didn't. I I'd done the wording wrong, and I had to quickly. And I just accepted. Yeah, maybe I'll just do that one live or. Um, you know, but there's also little things like, um, oh God, what was the, I, I tried to think what the joke was. Um, I, I had a joke that slightly, uh, that slightly changed a fact so that it worked for the joke. And I will never put that on Twitter because I know everyone will tell me that's not the fact, mm. but in, mm -hmm. um, you know, but, but in, uh, yeah, it was something like, um, Oh gosh, I can't remember. It was some joke about how uh, when Trump said that London had a higher crime rate than New York, um, and I, I was like something like that. Yeah, but that's because the biggest sex pest moved to Washington D.C. or something like that. It was something, <laughs> but it, but the, but in reality, the it, this is so petty. But the crime rate, it wasn't the crime rate. It was a murder rate. It was the higher rate in murder rate. And I just know, even as basic as that, that someone on Twitter would go, um, it's not the crime rate. It's the murder rate. Which means your joke doesn't. And it'd be like, oh fuck you. I don't care. Whereas live people <laughs> don't care. And I know that's not even cancel. That's not sort of being controversial. But it's just that it's, level it's of pettiness. 
Yeah, it's yeah. just better not to get into it. And I think that, like cancel culture is interesting. And I, again, like I said, I think people should be absolutely be held accountable. But there's also got to be a chance to let people, you know, understand that people change and people change their minds and people grow and yeah, develop. No, yeah. And, you know, it's... um. It's it's a very odd line. Um, I was going to say that the, the interesting thing you said earlier is that I found, uh, again, and, and one of the things that I'm very much missing from real gigs is that when you speak to real audiences, like, for example, over Brexit on Twitter, it was either for or against everyone fucking hates everyone. Yeah, In the yeah. real life audience, everyone would laugh about it. Everyone was quite bored of it. People would have lovely chats in the audience. <laughs> I'd be, you know, I think most people like I, I consider myself left wing, but I still buy trainers and I still, you know, I still do <laughs> lots of things that rely on capitalism. And I think we're all... Mm -hmm everything's more blurry and more gray than we uh than we we want it to be in the social media world i think where where do you place yourself where do you think you are politically uh probably i i'd, I'd probably say that i'm i'm a bit of a centrist honestly because i uh, there are certain things on the left that i like but there's certain things on the right that i like like in in terms of government policies and stuff i'm probably leaning towards socialists um i believe that we should have capitalism but with a net to fall on so like you can be as rich as you want but if you like fuck up and and, and you get fired there's still like a net to catch you um, mm. In terms of that, the UK is pretty good. You've got countries like Norway and Sweden and Denmark and stuff. They've got it all right. But then the US is like the extreme of capitalism where you can become a billionaire, but if you fail, you're, you're also, it's pretty much like a death sentence in, in, yeah. in many ways. So in that terminology, I'm left wing. But in terms of like, um, uh, what do you call it? Like this um, group group identity politics and stuff. I don't believe in any of mm. that, honestly, because I think that if you, if you want to break a, a group down into left or right or black and white or straight and gay and stuff, you end up with the problem of how do you define that resolution of breaking down something? So they say like, nowadays you you have like a what's it called where you have to hire x amount of uh, black people x amount of women x amount of this that um it's, it's like discrimination yeah well yeah that's oh, yeah that's yeah. Really cool, yeah yeah like i i personally don't agree with that because i i'm a man and i'm not white technically i'm, I'm more like middle eastern and i don't know where i sit in in that um categorization so like in if i got a job or, or whenever i get a job i'll never know did i get that job because i'm good or did i did i get that job because i just need mm. an indian looking guy to fill a quota so it it actually does more harm than good uh, i've had many female friends that that say well whenever they get a job they're not sure it's because they got like a vagina between their legs or if they're actually good and they deserve the job and that actually causes loads of stigma and, and lots of confidence problems as well um and there are other uh, uh, issues with that I, I personally find that if you want to break down culture and people into certain uh, kind of quantized brackets at what point do you stop doing it because okay someone's black someone's white so this guy gets like more privileged because he's white but then what if the black guy was a multimillionaire and the white guy was poor does he still have that privilege and how exactly does it work and something as complicated as life and complicated as society is kind of it feels very strange very cut and dry to kind of say you're white you've done this you're black you need this you're a woman you're yeah yeah and stuff. well it's a lot of it's to do with that, i never agree mm. yeah it's, it's, no, it's, it's fascinating yeah. I, I think it's you know the, the the thing that i uh the more and more that i learn i'm not anywhere near good enough in this but like you know the, the thing that we especially in like the uk right what we don't have is we don't have an education and understanding of other people and therefore we don't have a level playing field you, you need a level playing field in order to do 
to not need positive discrimination, if you see what I mean, which is what we yeah, have yeah. never, ever had. And like the Black Lives Matter protest recently really highlighted that very well. The fact that we don't even learn about the transatlantic slave trade in school in the UK when millions and millions of people were killed by, uh, you know, British colonialists and slave traders. And it's like, it's a big part of our history. Teach that instead of the fucking agricultural circle, whatever it was that bored the shit out of me in geography <laughs> for years. Thanks, Mr. Spinks, with your coffee breath. And, um, you know... Uh, you know, uh, there's, there's, if we learn and understand each other more, then th there would be less uh, a need for it. But I mean, it's, I was even talking to someone today about how, you know, that that by nature we're discriminatory because we for like work and stuff especially in like freelance world i was talking about freelance work and we yeah, tend yeah. to get work off people that we know we tend to get work off people mm -hmm. that we know that's how it always works but of course people know people like them <laughs> mostly you have your own social circles and you know people like them and then you don't really hire outside of your circle and she said that someone that she worked for this person i was speaking to earlier they they decided that for their company they had to stop hiring by experience they had to start hiring by skill, even if that skill wasn't the same job that they were, you know, directly the same job, because experience was all the same people that had always done it. Whereas skill was, yeah, hey, yeah. here's a whole load of new people, a completely diverse range of people that have got the skills to do this, but they've never been given the opportunity before. And and that, just mm -hmm. looking at it like that is so like exciting <laughs> i don't know you just go yeah that's what we should have always been doing that's really obvious it's, fucking yeah, I mean, it's, it's an interesting point actually because because like in, in reality what that is is diversity but instead of being skin color or gender it's diversity of opinion and knowledge mm. so it's it's still a meritocracy if that's the way that you're thinking about it because you're looking for the best man or woman for for the job and what's your criteria for finding out if they're the best person for for that job so to, to many people, it could be like, are they experienced or are they just the best at their job? Or do they have the most amount of time logged with our company? Are we familiar with them? Can we communicate? You know, like, can we talk to each other um, on a very complicated, you know, low, low uh, level? Um, it, it's, it's very interesting now because the hiring process, I've, I've seen very, very strange hiring processes now where they uh, have, have to talk about, well, I, I don't know how it works in terms of like a comedian being hired for a gig. How, how exactly does that work? Do you kind of, are you kind of like a kind of B grade celebrity where people come to you and they're like, can you do this gig we want you to be on? Or do you have to apply to them and then show like a CV or something? How does that work? Uh well, it's it's all about experience. And just before I answer this, I'm just going to say to uh, I have had a couple of people listening uh, on Twitter going, I, I would like to call in, but I'm not as good as I see. I don't think I'll be as interesting. And um, if you are listening, please feel free to call in. I was going to make the show about 10 minutes long. This chat's been fascinating. Thank you, I see. And But if anyone else wants to call in, I will keep it going. I have nothing else to do this evening. My daughter's asleep. I got out of doing her bedtime. I don't have to be anywhere. It's brilliant. So um, I was just going to say, I see, in, in comedy, um, we've had big issues with diversity. And and the reason um, for quite, it's, ch it's been changing in recent years, very rapidly it's been brilliant um but the way in which it works with gigs is that you you do five minute spots and when you get good enough you do 10 minute spots and then when you get good enough you do 20 minute spots and you kind of get boosted up the clubs but then at the same time it's all about which promoters like you i've still got a couple of promoters that um you know that will never book me for anything and haven't in my i've been doing comedy for 17 years and i mostly get my work because people call me and book me in but there's a couple of promoters that have never liked anything i've done and will never book me for anything <laughs> and everyone has that and and it was quite uh weirdly the alternative comedy scene 
in the 80s was very uh well actually i wouldn't say diverse in terms of ethnicity it was very diverse in terms of gender anyway and then that really changed it became very male-led and all the promoters were male and it just became a very and then the gigs became very sort of male in that they were all just drunken stag dudes um and it led to a real dearth of female acts and um and that's changing now thanks to acts like sarah millican who've really sort of brought more people on board it's been brilliant it's really changed but yeah it, it's it what's nice about comedy is uh, well, I, I say this and people will complain because it's still not the same and there's still a lot of prejudice, but mostly it's it's on merit and it's on the fact that you smashed that gig. Did you did you smash that gig? Did everyone laugh at your jokes? Yes, well, then you can have another gig and that is how it works. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, it mainly comes down to, are you funny? And if you're not, then go away. <laughs> and that is it. Right, yeah. So, yeah, it's just really merit-based then. Um, yeah, yeah. As I said, I won't. I won't say across the board. There is there is discrimination. I know that we're, there's been a lot of things coming out in comedy uh, lately. While while comedy's not happening, people have uh, been addressing a lot of issues with diversity and also sexual harassment. Lots of things have been going on in our shitty industry. Oh, yeah, course, but but yeah. on the whole, on the whole, it is. You know, if you do a brilliant ten minute set at the comedy store, they might ask you to come back and do a twenty minute set. That's how it works. You know, it's, it's it's actually quite quite interesting. Like, it's like the fourth time that you said like comedy's dying or, or something like that. Is is that stand up comedy like being in the same room as people, or do you mean just like in general, like just people becoming unfunny and they just don't find things <laughs> funny anymore? It's, just, it's an well, interesting. I, one, I, I hope this chat hasn't been that boring. Um, I uh, yeah, no, no. In in terms of there's a big report that came out the other day. Um, there's uh, and and it's, it was written. In all the papers, but basically 77.8% of all comedy clubs are going to close within a year unless they gain some support. And the problem is, is that the um, there, there's been a bailout for the arts and the government have given 1.57 billion for, for theatres and, 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 you know, heritage sites. But um, the Arts mm -hmm. Council, which has been given the money, doesn't consider comedy an art form. And therefore, we're unlikely to get any of the money at any of our venues. And... If all the venues close, we don't have anywhere to perform live comedy. And obviously we can't perform live comedy at the moment because uh, it's not allowed, even though you can go to the gym, breathe on everyone, wipe your sweat on their face and it's fine. Um, you can swim <laughs> yeah. in the, the same chlorine pool as them. Um, but there's no live performance indoors. Um I think I've just announced outdoor performances, but that's terrible for comedy normally. So it, it's it, basically the whole industry is in a lot of trouble. And it's not just the comedians. It's all the promoters, all the PR. It's all the staff, all the venues. It's like thousands of people that have nothing. And there's a very small percentage of us that have qualified for government help because a lot of people mm -hmm. were advised early on to create a limited company if you're doing this sort of work. And they did. And now they get no money. So it's it's the whole industry is going, what the fuck do we do now? And and there's been online gigs and there's things like I'm doing this now like an idiot. And um, but, it, you know, none of it pays the same and it's not as regular. So that's yeah, what I mean. The, I'd the, hope, yeah. yeah. Mm. No, no. Th there's always the question of how how do you monetize your skill, and especially if it's like an artistic skill, it, it's it's never discrete or kind of yes or no, like a STEM field or something. It, it's, it's it's strange that comedy isn't isn't an art because I see it as an art. It's it's, it's like music or anything you. else. You're, you're definitely you're my favorite music. caller. <laughs> Oh, thank you, man. It means a lot to me. Um, I'm also your only caller. So yeah, well, I didn't want to say you, that. <laughs> I wasn't going to rub that bit in. I just wanted to, you know, <laughs> just be polite. Um, yeah, it's... But yeah, well, um, it, the, mm. 
I was going to say that the bit that I say is a meritocracy, the big issue that was happening, one of the big issues in comedy, apart from diversity and, and sexual harassment issues, is also that, and across the arts, is that people who can afford to do them are doing them. So it's why you get your Benedict Cumberbatches in acting, because you don't have to worry about paying your rent because you've already got inheritance. And it was the same was happening with right. comedy and that people with lots of inheritance and money behind them could not work all year and work on an Edinburgh Fringe show and lose thousands of pounds doing it because it didn't matter to them. Um, and... Uh, Unlike me, I had to do a full-time job for the first four or five years of comedy and then was consistently broke for about six years after that when I went full-time. But it's it's hard and it's very hard for working-class comics, comics mm -hmm. on lower incomes to get into it and survive because you don't get paid for about four or five years doing any gigs. And yeah, so it's one of the attrition, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so, so now with this sort of situation, if comedy's not being helped, again, the comics that will survive are the ones that have got money in the first place. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's an interesting point that, that you make. Well, you, you know, I mean, uh, I hate to call you out on stuff, but like right now you're <laughs> on a live podcast and hopefully many people will hear this in the future because the interesting thing is, although it's live right now, I've I've been told that, uh, the, the way that Ramble works is that it kind of stays on a server for a long time and, and anyone can later see it, right? So yeah. do you have a message for like other comedians or, or whatever? I mean, what is what is the solution, do you think, to 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 save this art form? And, and, and I am going to say it's an art form because I consider myself to be quite a funny guy. And I, it's only because I'm creative. And being a comedian is finding patterns inside something and then being able to mm. pull that pattern out and make a joke out of it. So in reality, it's kind of like an art. You, you're going to have the talent for it. So mm. what would you say is a good solution to kind of get the industry back on its feet and kind of get yourselves out of the shitter, basically? Um, that's a good question. I mean, I think mainly we should go and mugging people because we've got the masks already and they just won't know who we are. <laughs> um, but <laughs> no, I mean, the sad thing is, I think really, uh, in terms of the UK, I, the problem is we're all being creative and, and I think everyone's been brilliant. And, and since the pandemic, people have been releasing content and videos and blogs and, and live podcasts and all sorts of things. I mean, comics have been still working and doing stuff just for no money. Um, the issue is, is that without investment, we'll have nowhere to perform. And the same goes for theatre companies and uh, arts venues were already being decimated across the country, right, before this mm -hmm. happened. And they were already having funding denied. And But what I would say to comics is that we can actually perform anywhere and comedy's happened in a church and in a park and comedy has happened in some very unusual places um and there are ways to do it and there are ways in which we can organize and do it ourselves um it's just it takes a while to get your head around when your industry is gone what you do next before you know you have to take a breath and pause mm -hmm. and digest it all and then you go right how do we work this out now and i i think we will i mean i think i'm probably gonna keep shouting at people like you on live podcasts and things um you know i think there's mm -hmm. there's other methods that we've got but it, it's it's gonna take a while and i think this i think there's also just uh without doing too poor me uh victim culture uh you know, I think it's just quite hurtful that no one that we feel like no one gives a shit about the industry when we make so many people laugh and that lots of community charity gigs all the time and we're always raising money for stuff. And then you go, oh, but you don't want to give us any. Oh, OK, thanks. We'll just cry over here. Like, <laughs> it's just. <laughs> well, you know, it's a great way to tell. Are they laughing at you or with you? So, um, you know, I never it, know. I've never known. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but I. I Unfortunately, I'm going to have to scooch over because i got fish cakes in the oven and they're going to burn oh, soon. So I've got about five more minutes with you, man. Um, it's been well, so that's... much fun uh, talk, talking to you and everything. I can't say I've learned anything. Um, that's only because <laughs> I have solipsism. So that's my problem. But 
Um, well, I appreciate yeah, I mean, it. I th- well, I've learned stuff. You were fantastic. Thank you so much for calling in. I didn't think I'd have a caller in on this first one, um, and I very much appreciate you calling in. Maybe check out the real podcast uh, if you get a chance. Yeah, we'll do, man. Well, you know, God works in mysterious ways and all that stuff. So, <laughs> well, exactly, exactly. Cool. We'll take care. Enjoy your fish cakes, and uh, good right, luck wearing you. a mask while everyone else coughs each other to death. <laughs> all right. See you later. Turn on. Take good, care. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, there you go. Uh, that was uh, Icy Wiener. It's, that was like an hour chat. This this was meant to be maybe a 10-minute... Um, I genuinely thought this is going to be a 10-minute podcast. I haven't prepped enough. I didn't think anyone would call in. That was a proper joy. I have no idea who Icy Wiener is uh, in reality, um, or he doesn't even listen to the podcast. Um, but hopefully now we've got a new listener, and he was very, very fun to chat to. I think lots of interesting points. Um, did I say... I probably said terrible things. Are you all going to unsubscribe now? Did I... Oh, um, let me know. Um, you can get in touch. Um, I will stay on this for a couple of minutes. I was going to do all my descriptions of Rishi Sunak uh, from podcast today. I've now got the hiccups, which is perfect for a live show. Um, if any of you want to quickly call in, I'd do it uh, now um, before I uh, get into the descriptions. Otherwise, I'm just going to go uh, and and drink heavily. I'm not drinking at the moment. I've been. I, I realised uh, I, I basically binged my way through the pandemic and probably should stop now. So I've quit and I've spent every night going. Oh, I wish I hadn't quit. What an idiot. Um, Anyway, so let me see. What was I going to very quickly tell you about? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, listen, let's just do this. If one of you call in, we'll have a quick chat before I go. Um, But I was going to give you all the descriptions of Rishi Sunak that I've done on the podcast so far. And it's not many because he hasn't been around for that long. If you remember, um, he sort of uh, jumped in, um, you know, angry potato Sajid Javid's job early in February. Um, because Sajid Javid wasn't particularly happy. I mean, isn't it amazing? I always find it amazing that someone can be shit at their job and the next person comes in, you go, oh, wow, no, maybe the last person wasn't that bad. Um, everyone loves Sudak, though, in that way that, you know, in a hostage situation, I think I said this on the podcast this week, apologies for repeating material, but it is like if you were taken hostage by some really awful kidnappers and one day one of them didn't poke you in the eye like the other one did, you'd be like, ah, oh, he's the good one. He's really nice to us. No, they're still, they've still both kidnapped you. They're definitely awful. Um, anyway, so Rishi Sunak uh, is a man who looks like he's modelled his entire life on looking like a stock photo of someone who just passed their B-Tech. Rishi Sunak is like BFG the young and city years. Rishi Sunak in every photo looks like he can't wait to sell you life insurance. Rishi Sunak is always grinning like he's been allowed outside for the very first time. Rishi Sunak is a man composed entirely of a toddler's dining set. I mean, that's based on I've got a dining set that looks very like his face. Uh, Not me. Obviously, I don't eat with it. My daughter does. Uh, I use a big spoon like a big boy. Um, Rishi Sunak is a gormless cheese string. I'm going to be honest. I've used that description for about... 15 different politicians now i think jeremy hunt uh got it quite a lot jeremy hunt also i think constantly looks like one of those inflatable wavy men that you get outside car sales uh showrooms there you go um rishi sunak is banzai from the lion king really it's uncanny have a look uh rishi sunak as if donkey from shrek had used hair mousse rishi sunak is stick man from the children's book stick man uh rishi sunak is lumiere from beauty and the beast but somewhere between candle and human form uh, Rishi Sunak is the star of Pixar's Ratatouille. Yes, both the rat and the chef. I think I mentioned that one earlier. Uh, Rishi Sunak is Crash Bandicoot. Again, quite uncanny. Um, Rishi, I wore a suit in my sixth form Sunak, uh, natural born estate agent. And Rishi Sunak with all the depth of personality that you'd find in a broken Tupperware set. Again, with the sort of plastic uh, kitchenware there. I don't know why he gives off those vibes. But as I mentioned earlier, it's just very hard not to see him 
as a mouse um, of some sort. Well, look, none of the rest of you called in. I really appreciate I see Wiener calling in. Um, I find it. I'm saying his name now, like it's genuinely his name. Maybe it is. Maybe I'm being horrendously awful. And uh, and and now now we're gonna get cancelled for. Um, I, I hate this. I hate cancelled. I genuinely don't know. Oh, these millionaires have been told that they did something wrong. Oh, I'm sure they're gonna have a shit life now in their mansions. Fuck off. I. Get, call out people for being arseholes always do it people are arseholes um look listen thank you for joining me on what was a, a very unusual not at all planned um live podcast let me know how this was um let me know if you'd call in um on another one maybe with some of the questions that i asked you or something else entirely um and uh you know if you'd like to hear another one or never again or you didn't even hear this one in which case you won't have heard this bit but you've got a lingering feeling like i'm disappointed in you and you won't know why um or you know let me know if you've got any feedback for the lovely team at ramble too uh, give me a shout and i will pass it on uh, hopefully this has worked very well um as always, if you fancy chucking a few quid to the uh, Kofi, ko-fi.com forward slash bro, or joining the patreon.com forward slash bro, which is going to let people use pounds and, and euros in a week or so. Very exciting. Um, please do those things because the Rona killed all of the comedy. Um, and if you can spread the word and review the usual podcast too, that would, of course, be dandy. Right. Um, I'm going to digest all of those things uh, that uh, I see talked about. And I'm also going to try and work out how I can fail so hard. I don't know, like, eating crisps or something uh that they'll allow me to head up some sort of select committee um it's got to happen it's got to happen very soon um okay thank you tons for listening parpol growers uh and i'll hear you on the proper podcast i, I won't hear you i never hear you. I, I heard i see wiener i haven't heard the rest of you um but you'll hear me next week on the regular podcast bye <laughs>